When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. We're here in a duck call room. I don't really know what we're going to talk about, but do we ever? That's the fun part of this show. Welcome so. to the duck call room. Yeah. Well, I there. enjoyed yesterday. Did you? It, yeah, it was duck call room appreciation day. Yeah, that was a good one. That was. I don't know how we're going to top that. We missed the military and all that, didn't we? Well, no, Si referenced it. We say that all the time. Oh, that's true. He said we want to talk about the ones that we don't really say that to. So, um, but that doesn't decrease our appreciation for the Amen. Military. So, so uh, I'm guessing y'all focused on law enforcement, right? We did them. We did doctors, uh, teachers, nurses, nurses, teachers, truck drivers, truck drivers, all of them. Everybody that makes the world go round. Also, firefighters, people that just show up to work was yeah, was, right. yeah. employees. Say, you know, thank you for showing up. Yeah, to work. People that work for a living. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is well, a, that's coming ever decreasing, ever coming rare. Oh, no okay. doubt about it. I'm serious. And look, I, I would say I would put law enforcement in a special category because they they live a life of service, and for what they have to put up with, oh, no. this day and age, whoo. No, and no, no, I, no. I train with a lot of local law enforcement, and man, I've heard some stories, and they they don't get paid near oh, no, no. enough Not for what, for they, what they have to deal go with. Through. How many boxes of shells do you take a day? Oh, I have four in my in my bag. What's the limit on ducks? Uh, six. <laughs> six no, out of a hundred. How many how many shells are in a box? Six percent. Hey, there's twenty five. <laughs> hey, there's a hundred. Hey, look, the military made that with me. Okay, because, hey, this boy ain't going hand to hand. <laughs> okay, because I ain't going to run out of bullets. <laughs> he ain't okay. running out of bullets, that's for sure. And he, look, when he I, started. They give, you, they give you two ammo pouches. Uh-huh. Okay, I went and bought me four more for each side. <laughs> okay. And all you was doing was so, driving a deuce and a half. Oh, no, no, yeah, but, hey, I'm not going to run out of ammo, son. Uh, you know, I carried 10 with me, and look, it was M14, which is 7, uh, 762. Uh, you know, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll carry it. Before I run out, I'll carry it. Trust me, if I had to drag it behind me. So I I'm, I load up all-size grit these days. So I pick up his bag. It weighs about, oh, 25 pounds, <laughs> mostly ammunition. That's it. In the four wheeler, I, I, I hang his waders up. His waders weigh about thirty pounds. He's got all those little. Every one of them's full. Every one of those little, uh, what are they called, Mark? Some little shell holders. Shell holders in yeah. his in his waders, all have <laughs> shells. They got shells in them. Then the chest pocket is yep. full to the brim yep, with shells. I actually woke up at night. Yeah. Okay, in a cold sweat because I run out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just waiting for the day. It scared me. Okay? You're ridiculous. Whenever he decides to go full outlaw again, because people always get he ain't got much time left. Kill them all. I show up on a duck hunt and I ain't got a bag or nothing. They're like, "What do you do all your stuff?" I'm like, 
I got a bottle of water in my pocket, and I got a pocket full of shells. If I can't get six done in this, I need a different hobby. That's like, it. We, we got to We got to try something different. Yeah. Like, change the hobby, boy. But yeah. you ain't ready to go full outlaw on them yet. No. He may be. No, he ain't there yet. Yeah, but if, I ever, <laughs> if I'm ever no. told that I'm terminal. <laughs> si, we we all terminal. We're all terminal. We all terminal. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, hey, it's been rushed. I've caught something. Uh. Yeah. I've caught something. That's going You're to saying out. they've put an expiration date yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah, they've put yeah. an expiration leaving date. All right? hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Every boom. one of them. <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest with you. On that day, I'll ride uh, with you. Oh, yeah. So, I will. You holler at me. I can tote more shells than hey, you. Let's go, son. And, and, hey, I'll breathe singing one song. What's that? Bon Jovi. Oh, Blaze of glory. I'm going out in blaze, blaze of glory. Of glory. Yeah. No, but I, I would I would say between his hunting bag, a hundred, his waders, fifty, oh, 50 and then 50. his hunting jacket. Yeah. <laughs> both pockets. Both pockets <laughs> slam full. Another fifty. Yeah. So he's got two hundred shells. Well, I've got time. it now. See, I've got a phobia. Okay, my phobia is running out of ammo. <laughs> okay. You ain't running out. of <laughs> And that ain't happening. No, Lord, no. Mer- you know unless, what happened? Unless they stop making them. If you if you swap back down to the twenty eight gauge, you could probably carry four hundred with you. Oh no! Well, I, see, I might do that too. <laughs> <laughs> now, that gun, especially if I was oh, if I was where there was a lot of quail. Yeah. Oh, I probably would just go straight out twenty eight gauge. <laughs> Okay. When Benelli made the little twenty eight gauge. Hey, they got a new one coming this year. Oh no. And I'm probably gonna have to buy me one of them. No, you ain't gonna have to buy it. I put you on the list. But But anyway, that's that's the quail gun. That's it. That's a pretty good mallard duck gun too. Yeah. Oh you you kill if you get them in a hole. I can kill anything that Phil and them kill. With your icy stare. Right. Well, hey, I could get it with a BB gun. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Right. Yeah, the, well, scary, no, the, scary part, the scary part is he really believes that. Oh, no, the scary part is I can really do it. <laughs> okay? Because, <laughs> hey, I used to kill a lot of stuff with a BB gun, son. It's amazing your eyes are brown. Yeah. It really is. Oh, that's my line for Phil and Jason. That's yeah. why they got brown eyes. They need to go go sit on a commode for about three days. Where <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least it get below the eye level. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Me. I'm tired. You tired. Everybody, Everybody tired. funny. Everybody funny. Mm. That's what that's what happens on all that. Golly. 200 bullets a day. Hey, that's what he's got. Have you ever, I, I am legitimately curious, have you ever run out? In your life, like no more bullets. When I was young, because we didn't have any money, and we'd have to then we'd have to use old, old uh, the movie Josie Wells. We'd have to curry comb the country for bottles to go to go trade them in. Two cents for the big ones, one cent for the six ounce. And how much was a box of shells? Uh, and a box of shells was fifty cents. So you had to you had well, to you really had, do you some. You had pick. to hunt up some bottles. Okay? Yeah. But that's how, that's what we did. That's how you got we'd shell. Get enough, we'd get enough to get a box of twenty-two bullets. There you go. Yeah. That take you all day just to get a box of shells. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unless they they've been you know a lot of people like to throw them at signs, and they always miss the signs so they don't bust. 
You ever chunked one at a sign? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's kind of like a redneck well, rite of passage. Yeah, yeah. rite of passage, yeah. Yeah, them on the interstate is hard to hit. They're further than you think they are. Yeah, yeah they're, they're further than the ditch. And, and you're you're going going right. yeah, you go in 75. That's pretty good lead on them. Yeah, you got to do, do a lot of a lot of physics in that one. Folks, don't do stuff I've done no, in my life. No. I was a, that's right. I was a young idiot at one point. <laughs> so we all were when we was young. Yeah, you you learn. Uh, so, but you know, you got to touch that hot stove. Hey. Figure out that it's hot or not. You know, learning okay. curve. That's some why for you some got folks a lot steeper of, than you got a lot of burn marks on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of these hands, I ain't even got no fingerprints left on. They gone. Yeah. They gone. Done burnt them smooth off. Well, look, let's take our first break. We'll be back right after this in a duck call. Martin. Yeah, buddy. What's the greatest piece of mail you've ever gotten? I don't know, man. I, yes, I would, you do. What? It's a mattress, and it came from That's Helix. Not, came from Is that Helix. not the best thing ever? You open a box, boom, you have a mattress, and you're like, a mattress in the mail? I don't know. And then it's like the most comfortable mattress ever because it was tailor-made for you because you took a two-minute quiz, and it was like, hey, you're exactly what you need. Boom. And you're like, wow, this is the most comfortable thing on earth. Thanks, Helix. I will, and it <laughs> came in the mail. I will have to say, I will have to say, until you get a mattress in the mail, you never realize how tedious going to a mattress store actually is Ooh, to find yeah. the one for you where you can sit down and in two minutes answer all the questions whether it's for you you and your wife your wife your kids whatever fill out the questionnaire and they send you a mattress that's made for you because that that's what they do helix sleep is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences they have 20 unique mattresses including award-winning lux collection and a mattress for Shocker, big and tall sleepers. That's your boy. And even a mattress made just for kids. And now Helix is bringing us their most premium mattresses yet with a new Helix Elite collection. Every Helix Elite has a built-in cooling cover, thousands of supportive coils, dual cushioning layers, and even lumbar support for a truly elevated sleep experience. So if you want to know which one it is, take the quiz. You can get it done in two minutes or less. And then you have a mattress that's built just for you and it ships straight to your door. And then you jump on it and just, hey. You're sleeping on a cloud, boys. You can jump on it. You can lay on it. You can do whatever yeah, you want on right. it because it is that, I mean, it's that well made. And there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it. So, 100-night trial to try out your new Helix mattress. That's right. And if you're not satisfied, which you're not, you're going to be ecstatic about how great it is. Look, there you go. And we're all unique. We all sleep differently. That's why Helix has several different mattresses to choose from. They have models with memory foam layers, models more responsive foam to cradle your body, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating, and if your spine needs a little extra TLC, they got you. It has a hybrid design combining wrapped steel coils in the base and foam layers at the top. So, I mean, I don't know what else you could want in a mattress. Johnny D, he's wrapped up in a pillow in a cloud oh, every mine night. Mine is just a soft, fluffy, beautiful cloud. There you go. I should go yeah. back home right now. Moonlight, right? Moonlight. There you go. Moonlight, he's boys. he's chasing the moonlight. Not only is this the best mattress we've ever slept on, but the setup was fast and easy. Helix mattress delivered in a box straight to your door for free. Don't take our word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress pick by Wire Magazine, and it's recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Plus, they're American-made and come with a 10- or 15-year warranty, depending on which one you get. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash duck and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Go to helixsleep.com slash duck and use code helixpartner20. 
Rucker, do you know what makes the best neighbors? What makes the best neighbors? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quiet ones. A good fence. You know what's better than building a fence out of dead wood? Ooh, live wood. There you go. Live building wood. it out Trees. of live wood. Yeah. Yes. And you can do that with our friends at Fast Growing Trees. If you want shrubs to protect you from your neighbors, I say protect, but, you know, kind of shelter you mm-hmm. in place, do a little thing. You want shrubs, you want trees, you want bushes, you want grass. They got you. Whatever you want, they got you. And that's what's cool because, like, I planted the persimmon trees. I planted, I got one for each of the boys. I like a way to give back to wildlife. All the wildlife come eat the persimmons when they're ready in a few years. All the things. It's our way of giving back. You know, and and it's really cool. And not to mention, I don't know if you 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 married now. Yep. At some point, your wife's gonna say we need new bushes. Mm-hmm. We need new plants. Look, you know how expensive that is. Oh. It's a heck of a lot cheaper if you go to fastgrowingtrees.com though, because they can help you out. You can type in you're in Louisiana. They can tell you what grows here, what doesn't grow here. So if you're like, man, that's really cool, but it don't grow here, don't waste your money. All right. You know what I'm oh, saying? That's useful. So there you go. Look, they have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. So they got like, you can grow lemons on your front porch. You can grow them in the kitchen. You can grow avocados, olives, figs. Whatever you want. You can just go shopping right there. You know, you can go. I say, hey, we ain't got to go to grocery store. Just go pick you a Meyer lemon right off the tree right there. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. You don't have to drive around the nursery. Save yourself time. Save yourself some money. And their in-house experts are always ready 24-7 to help you out. And look, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DUCK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DUCK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com code DUCK offers valid for a limited time. Tell them we sent you. That's it. I won't shoot a crow unless it gets right. And I will kill one, though. They hard to kill. They can throw the pretty good They got pretty slick. Yeah. Now they been slick. Well, no, because hey, Stone used to call them in when he was in a duck blind. Yeah, they done got wise that little chick though. They hear that call, call. No, they don't answer anymore. Yeah, they said old Tommy <laughs> fell victim to that last week. Yeah, they got a pretty good memory on them. Yeah, a crow is one of the harder birds to slick. He, he's well. Think about it. you talk one of them to talk. Yeah, you can teach him to talk. A crow? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Like a parrot? So yeah. That's a parrot. Hey, really? You can teach one of them idiots to, to talk. <laughs> I need to get side uh, pet crow. <laughs> He'd go good with sweet pea. Oh no, yeah. Hey, that cat's got. He's, you know. You want to know the first thing size pet bird learned to say? Oh, oh, oh. No. Give me a glass of tea. No, no. Hey. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Hey. So I you got, can. I got a good one. I got you a good one. You can teach a crow to talk. That's not. Are a- you serious? Yeah. No, I found it. Unbelievable! This y'all got it. Y'all got to quit. Think I'm lying. Y'all got to quit doubting a man. I, hey, look, I didn't doubt you. <laughs> uh, no. For what it's worth, I've doubted you too many times on here, and Google's proven you right. So, <laughs> I don't know if you work for Google or what you do in oh, your spare time I, when you ain't here, because there's a lot of time. But I, I quit doubting. Well, you. we've had growing up, you know, and hey, while we had the appreciation deal, 
I appreciate young people. <laughs> you okay. used to be one, huh? Oh, I used to be one. Yeah. And that was my best my best time I've ever been, okay, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah. but, well, you must uh, have had a lot of good times. Oh, no, no, no. I did. Mm. What are we talking about? Eyes of a young person. About youth. Okay. The youths? Yeah. The troubled youths no. of America? Well, not only that, and the stupidity <laughs> that they have when they're growing up, which they grow out of it. Most Guilty. of them do. Some, Guilty. <laughs> most of them do. Yep. I did some foolish I ain't quickly. I, <laughs> I have not, you know, grown out of mine completely. <laughs> what was okay, I'm serious. What was the dumbest thing you ever did as a troubled youth? Uh-oh. Oh, climb up on a sink. And then grab that chain on the light to click it. Uh-huh. And and you just got through running water on that sink and it's wet. Oh, you got one ten through you, huh? Oh yeah, and it's chain broke. It kept me to the chain actually my weight broke the chain. That was the only thing that disconnected the the whole mess. Oh, and I heard Mama, are you okay in there? Nope. I don't even remember if I answered it or not. I got up staggering like I was drunk. Oh. Hit the wall. Electrocuted. Hey. You done been electrocuted. Oh, yeah. I got electrocuted. Well, I'll tell you the, probably the dumbest stunt I pulled as a young teenager. I remember my dad was a was a coach, and uh, during the summer, I'd have to go in there in the gym and mess around while he had to do whatever he had to do when school was out. So I got this bright idea. I, I found this padlock on the ground and a tennis racket in the corner of the gym. I threw that padlock up in there, <laughs> hit it with a tennis racket. Bad move. It, it went the full length of the basketball court. <laughs> went right through the middle of that square and that glass backboard. Whoa. And, it, and it was like a spider web. <laughs> the whole thing came through. Oh. All of caved in. Oh, broke one, a one whole of the backboard. worst butt whoopings I ever got mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Coach Stone was fired up. He was also hot. known as Dad. The original he Coach Stone. He was hot. Oh, he was fired up. Oh, Lord. when I was in the eighth grade, I uh, we were in the science lab, and there were outlets, like electrical outlets, on the middle of the table, and there was dissecting stuff. So I had a pair of tweezers. And you can see where this is going. And I was just talking to a friend. I was tapping tweezers on an electrical outlet. Same smart. Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> and then, I kid you not, direct shot straight, both ends, straight into an electrical outlet. And my arm did this, and my other arm did this, and I threw it. And at that moment, sparks are flying everywhere, and the teacher walks in, and I'm like white as a ghost. And she thought, I, she's like, all right, he's dead. And all of the computers at the whole school turned off. Shut <laughs> them like down, boy. A bunch of kids were mad because they had to start their class over. So I almost ended school that day. That I, And they still tell that story at that school. Like, look, there's electrical outlets on the table. We shouldn't have to tell this. Yeah. But don't. Don't mess with them. So you went from biology class to physics real quick. Oh, I, it was <laughs> it was the most painful. Like, it went from – I could feel it surging through my body. Did you mm-hmm. learn anything from that experience? Don't put tweezers in an electrical outlet, yeah. which should have should have already known. Well, it, was an, it was a legitimate At least you accident. did learn. 
But it was stupid. Yeah. Worst one I ever got my growing up, my dad did these dirt track races in Volkswagens around here. So he had like three of them in the backyard for parts. Well, I got bored one day with a BB gun. Oh, boy. You can see where this is going. You know, they got lots of glass on them. As a young kid, just like Stone was saying, you like to hear glass shatter. It was kind of fun. What is it about that? I don't know. But let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you. He whooped me up and down that backyard. I thought he was going to shoot me with that BB gun, just show me how it felt or something. I, I wasn't real sure where we was going with it. But I did. I do remember that that BB gun, after that, could then shoot around corners. Because he took the barrel of that sucker to a tree. That was my punishment. Was cool. Oh, you. <laughs> BB yeah. gun was done. Yeah, it, it made it hard 90. <laughs> you could. Oh, man. You could. You know. But, hey, I deserved it. I don't know how many times he had told me in my life prior to then, don't do that. And then, you know, one day alone, you know, next thing you know, you hear that first one go, and you're like, oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> let, me, let me do that again. Yeah, let me see if this one, let me see if this one spider webs like that, too. They all do. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every you last think, think one back of them. To, to some of the things that, that you did as a teenager, it's a miracle. Oh, Oh. It's, it's a miracle. The survival rate is as high <laughs> as what it is. Oh, no, no. The best one we ever pulled is, uh-oh. I guess, what, 19, probably had to be in the 60s. Probably, uh, maybe, no. It'd been in the 50s, because you was in your 20s in yeah. the 60s. Yeah. Okay. It'd be the 50s. Okay, and it snowed, which is rare in Louisiana. And it actually was about four inches on the ground. And I don't remember whose car it was. It was an old car. I, I want to say, for fit, I don't know why 53 comes to mind, but I think it was a 1953 car, green. And we tied a rope to it, <clears throat> took the uh, barn door off of a garage door thing and tied it to a rope and all got piled on the back of it behind that car. And he's going up and down the road and, we're sliding in ditches and railroad track trestles and all this garbage. Like Stone said, it ain't no wonder we ain't dead. Oh. Okay, because he got to rolling pretty fast, and especially when he'd go around a curve. Oh, yeah. Because then we'd do the wide loop thing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had the old. Upside down in the ditch with the door on top of it. Oh. You know, before cable was a thing down in these parts, you know, my parents had one of them giant satellite dishes oh, yeah. in the front oh, yeah. yard. Yeah, giant. Can, you know, there's one sunk at the bottom of Canyon Lake. Yeah. I've yeah. caught fish off that. Have you? Yeah. Well, that's what we that's used. That's so weird looking at uh-huh. You look and say, we just landed on the moon. <laughs> well, that's what we used for our sled when it was ice and snow. You oh, hook yeah. the four-wheeler yeah. up okay. to that old giant yeah. satellite dish. That's a good one. That thing right there. Oh. Ain't got much friction at all. No, no, it no, go across light, that wet light, ground. Light, yeah. And you had a, a Honda big red three-wheeler pulling it, son, as fast as it'd go. 250. Just, I mean, bouncing off trees and everything. Not a helmet in sight. But here we are. You know, that just, it puzzles me. They didn't care about us kids back then. Now you kid can't hardly hurt themselves on nothing. Oh. Everything's made with them in mind. Back then, it was yeah. either, either get tough or figure it out, one of the two, you know. My dad's favorite saying growing up, I'd come in hurt or crying, and he'd look at me and goes, well, 
it'll feel better when it stops hurting. Mm-hmm. And it would make me so mad. And I probably heard that five it'll, million it'll, times. It'll feel yeah. better after it stops hurting. The other one I heard all the time was, hurting. I bet you wish that hadn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them deals. Hey, hold, hold uh, uh, it. Hold this. Watch this. Oh. Yeah. But you know what the scary thing is? <laughs> the legal voting age is 18. Yeah, I wasn't ready to make that decision at 18. <laughs> I was doing some goofy stuff at 18. Oh, my goodness. Uh, now, I voted every time since I've been 18, but I didn't deserve that power. No. no. I hadn't done nothing to earn that power yet other than survive. Oh. <laughs> Which is impressive considering yeah. the things all you've done. But. Oh, man. I'm here to tell you. Boy. That's that's fun. That's a that's a blast from the past. There, thinking about sliding around the yard in that satellite dish. That was, boy, that was a good. And hey, just surviving three wheelers in general. Oh, there's a reason they all got four now. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Honda always, Big Red always better than three. Uh, a Honda Big Red was one of the most dangerous things you could give you about a about nine it? to twelve year old. Because first thing you did was rode that wheelie as far as you could with that back rack dragging. Just yeah. <laughs> And then, buddy, if you got a little squirrely, next thing you know, you was like a turtle. It was all laid up on top of you. Oh, I don't yeah. know how many times I laid that sucker over on top of me. Come all the way back with oh, it. That, it was easy mm-hmm. to do. Well, I mean, I got Big red. Yeah, you stand, you stand, you stand, you stand on the seat with your hands reached out to the throttle. And as you take off, you take them feet and put on that back rack yeah. and pick up. And you could ride that sucker on two wheels as far as you could go. Oh, yeah. I'm, I never had a three-wheeler. Because that front wheel wasn't doing nothing. Your boy, your boy John Reed got a got a collection of yeah, them. Yeah, he's collecting them. Oh, our our old big red two fifty still run. You go crank it right now. Every time I get on it, I, I kind of flinch a little bit. I'm like, oh boy, I had some bad times on this thing. We had two. Was well, you the one that jumped out of some kind of pit? Oh yeah. I went over in a pit. Uh huh. Ran off the backside of a dirt pit <laughs> where they was digging dirt. Sure did. I was just cruising too, just that riding. Just, no, no, that just hit me. Talking about me, was it Martin that did that? That was me. Senior year of high school. Come and he said, I was just riding along. And he said, next thing I know, I'm airborne. And I'm looking and said, They wouldn't. They they used to be, used to be just there. a general slope, but they had dug <laughs> off the back of that for a dirt pit. Uh-oh. And I just. <laughs> my buddy said, last thing they saw was my brake lights. I had locked them up. Them brakes were doing no good. Going no. Down. <laughs> no, I, <didn't. laughs> I just went out of sight. Good. I, I, I remember that. going down. I was looking. And I, I'm going down, I'm like... Did you bail off of it? Oh, I did, which was probably the dumbest thing I could have done in hindsight. But I'm looking, and there's like a track hole here Whoa. and a dump truck here. Oh. And I'm splitting yeah. the difference somehow. I mean, good Lord just said, I'm going to teach you something, but I ain't going to take you home. <laughs> I mean, that's all he was doing with that. You're going to learn a lesson today. Yeah. Uh. He looked at me like Kevin Hart. You're going to learn today. <laughs> and so I just went, and I looked, and I said, I got to get off this thing. Mm. And I jumped off. Well... I beat the three-wheeler to the ground, but it found me. So it landed on top of me after it starts tumbling after I jump off of it. And there's still, my dad never fixed it, and it's still on there to this day. The back rack has an indention as wide as I was where it went across my back. Good night. And And it still runs. And my left butt cheek has that same indention in it where it hit me. (laughs) Oh, 100%. It was a bad deal. But, you know, my parents, I was like, I, I probably ought to go to the hospital. They said, nope. 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 Suck it up. They said, you, they said, you walking, you fine. You're right. He was just mad that I bent his back rack. That's all he was mad about. 
I mean, he was like, but it still runs, picked up. It it runs to this day. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. But yeah, buddy, that, that was a that was one of them moments. I said, this is it. That's I've had a couple of them in my life. That was one of them. I said, this is it right here. See y'all. My buddy said they just watched them tail lights go over there. <laughs> I said, "What'd y'all think when I was following?" They said, "I hope he makes it." <laughs> yep. hey. Rooting for you. Yeah, I was leading the way because I had ridden out there a lot. You know, like I knew what I was doing. No, oh. don't follow me. So you didn't do any scouting. <laughs> no, I haven't been there in about three years. I didn't even know they turned that thing into a dirt pit. It's right out there <laughs> off thirty thirty three past Shinny. Oh yeah, that old dirt pit in between there and thirty four. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you should just go out there riding. They called it the sand dunes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Bar pit. Yeah. Yeah. No more. I bet that hole's full of water now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's take a break. We'll be back with more Tales from the Idiot Past right here in the duck <laughs> call room. Tales from the Idiot Hey, look, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know we're not superstar athletes. We're just regular dudes. Regular dudes. Who do regular things. That's right. And it's important to stay regular and to stay healthy to be regular. So it's important that we take supplements of the highest quality. And that's why we've been partnered with AG1. How long have we been drinking AG1, Philip? A long time. Probably about three years for us. Yeah, and unlike a lot of those other brands of supplements, AG1 conducts a bunch of testing to set the standard for purity and potency, and it's researched and developed by an in-house team of scientists, uh, doctors, and nutritionists. Are you a scientist, doctor, or nutritionist? Negative. Negative. So how are we supposed to know? That's why we go with AG1, because they've got decades of experience in their field. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. Philip, you made a pack right here. It's that easy. I, but- I did. I knew I was doing the duck call room this morning, and so uh, I waited to do my AG1 here. Right there. And um, look, we never miss a day when we drink our AG1, me and my wife, Alicia, and we've loved it for a long time, and it's really helped us out. Yep. And we know we can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because they obsess over product quality, the standards of manufacturing partners, and sustainable practices. Taking care of your health shouldn't be complicated. And that's why AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one scoop or travel pack. Philip already did all that while we were doing this ad. You can definitely tell when you miss a day and you don't drink it. Uh, Some time goes by, you're craving to go back and drink your AG1. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes vitamin C. Mm. Can't get enough vitamin C and zinc. To support my immune health, look, it all started back when Superman himself, Christian Huff, started drinking AG1, Mm -hmm. got us all on it. We're not Superman, and I'm not going to be able to lift the weights he lifts, but I'm going to be able to feel great every single day (laughs) by drinking AG1. And you're going to have better gut health. Better, yeah, that's important for me. Look, we've been partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high-quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash duck. That's drinkag1.com slash duck. Check it out. I sent her punch to 
uh, one of them big Chris Oak posts on a go kart one time. Ooh, center That's, punched it. Uh, did it stop you? Oh, did it stop me? I yeah. it stopped. I kept going. Oh, and then I, I then no, I got racked. I tell you another one good four wheeler ATV. We had a Yamaha Breeze, a little one twenty five automatic. I got it when I was about eleven years old. They got tired of me wrecking the three wheelers, and so I got that thing. And we went over to the hunting camp, and I was like, man, this thing runs. So I knew it was a little 125. So my grandparents said, we're going to work on the deer stuff, plant food plots, all that. Well, it had rained, a big old mud hole. So I said, I'm going to just tear down through that mud hole, right? Floored it. Go and hit the thing full speed. Found out real quick what a hydroplane was. <laughs> went over that thing, got sideways. I end up off the four-wheeler, and I'm going like this at about a 45 towards a pine tree. Oh. And about that time, I hugged said pine tree. And that was another one of them times I said, this is it. This is all of it. The most of them involve ATVs because I had no fear, which which is weird if you know me now because now I'm speed limit driver, very defensive. I don't, I don't, but boy, back in, I was like Godwin. I had a need for speed. The only difference Hell was man, I grew no. out of it. Godwin still got it. Oh, he still got it. He still got it hard. I, I don't go fishing with him no more. He scares me half to death. <laughs> I, I mean, he that joker uh-uh. is wide open. I'm talking about running through stump fields. He says, you can't see it, run it. Yeah. No, sir. You can't hit what you can't see. That's what like he it. That's what yep. he lives by. I don't that, like that at that's all. That's just that's like size poker theory, game. Mode. That theory don't work. That's <laughs> just like his poker game. That works every time but one. <laughs> yeah. But that one time. That one time that stump's there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Gone. So <laughs> he's going so fast. In a you, boat? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Uh, you can't even breathe. Uh-uh. Yeah, he got you that Suzuki breathe. 250 pin back, so I'd oh. jump out and just mm-hmm. swim to shore. Oh, no, no. See, you never did get in on this. Uh-oh. When we hunted Cypress Creek off of Phil's house. Oh, yeah. I, I was in on some of yeah, those. No, yeah, but no. no I ain't that was crazy. No, no, no. We would crank up at his house, at the boathouse. He would back out with a 20-horse Mercury. Well, yeah. 14-foot loan the boat. Mm-hmm. We're in it. <clears throat> I got my back to the front, and I'm I'm watching as we go by. No lights. This is in complete darkness. No flashlight. <laughs> He's running wide open up Cypress Creek, which is slammed full of stumps. Uh-huh. And these stumps do not gild. Uh, there, there's no boat lane. There's no distinct yeah. channel. The channel is yeah. about as wide as this table. Oh yeah, it's and as wide. Place, it's as wide as your boat because I've run it a handful of well, times. Oh, yeah. that, and sometimes it gets down where it ain't nothing but the prop going through a bunch of stumps. Yeah. Okay. He's going and wide look, open. He's wide open with a Mercury, twenty horse Mercury. Okay, that runs faster than anyone you've ever seen there's a 20 board out to a 50 yeah okay yeah well not only that (laughs) he busted everything off of it and all it did he broke the fins off on both sides okay and all it did it gained five miles per hour Mm. when he burst the left one off when he broke the right one off another five miles an hour okay so it's running about 45 now or 50 look I'm going up, and when I'm, I'm, we're going by, and the wave of the moves off, I'm looking at stump this big around, and the boat is about that far from me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right there about That's that second curve. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm all the way up. Yeah. There oh, there's stumps all the way just, up at that. The whole time, I'm just, Lord, please let us get to the blind and uh, back. Oh, that's why Phil didn't let anybody else 
drive the boat except for him. Except one is, time. This is from the boat <laughs> house all the way in the duck blind. He don't ever shut it so down. So let's talk about the time I was there for this when Phil Uh-oh. let somebody besides himself run the outboard. Uh oh. So he got a brand new Yamaha. Uh-oh. So I said, Let me let me try this. Oh. Try out that Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff wasn't uh, there yesterday. That's what he said. Look, side he go thirty yards wide open. Wham! Lower unit gone. gone Brand man. new outboard. Brand new. And tell tell him what you what you told Phil. Si. Sheared hey, sheared the pen and there. that stump wasn't there yesterday. I motored right through here. <laughs> He said, he said oh, no, there it's been there all along. That stuff been there 75 when I, years. When I come there, I always go wide. Mm. Uh, oh, that's good stuff. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. But he's the only man I know because he was somewhere one day in, in backwater. And uh, I don't remember who was with him. I'm talking about, uh, you know, Phil said, hey, we got to go this way. You know, and the guy said, no. You know, he said, I've got a compass around here somewhere. He said, but you, you're going the wrong way. You know, so they finally found a compass, and Phil had been telling him all along, you need to head this way. And he said, no, we got to go the other way. So Phil listened to him like an idiot, you know. So finally he said, oh, wait a minute, here's that compass. And he got it out, and he, he put the compass, you know. Well, it showed the way Phil said, hey, go that way. And the guy said, oh, no, the comp- compass is wrong. Well, I I I, I remember that day. You idiot. Si. No. I remember exactly what happened. I was there for that. Oh. It was backwater, remember? Oh, yeah. It, it, the water was up, yeah. and we were leaving from Phil's house and in, going into the Washita River. And Phil says we need to do it this way. And Jace says, no, y'all going Jace. the wrong way. You And, when it, and it was foggy that mm-hmm. morning. You I was in the boat with Jace. We, oh, that's right. And uh, so we went, what, two miles? Three miles, oh, and I said, uh, "I said we going the wrong way." Uh, JC said, oh, "I've been doing this for thirty I years." I've been living on this river for thirty years. I said, "Well, let me ask you a simple question: yeah. Which direction does the Washita River flow?" He said, "It flows south." I said, "Shine your light in the water." That current was just blowing. I said, we headed south, son. He said, good night. Yeah, I remember that. Let's turn this rig around. About three days later, we passed his deer stand four times one morning trying to find the elm. Oh, no, they found us. <laughs> hey, no, they found us. Yeah. We was out there, and, you know, and I, as we was going along. Here, oh, when it, we come back, y'all was still in the front yard. No, 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 y'all no. Y'all done no, got no. turned no, around. We, no, we was over there where the uh, behind the lair, up in there. Oh, yeah. Because I was shining on the light. I shined the light and I said, wait a minute. We don't go by no giant cypress trees anywhere going to the duck pine. I said, there's about 20 big cypress trees here. Where in the world are we? Yeah, we was in so a at big. At that time, we said, hey, y'all lost. Y'all and we said, no, we ain't. <laughs> Jason said, yeah, you are because we, we was heading down the river a while ago, so I know you're lost. Yeah. He said, do you have any idea where you're at? And I said, not really, because I don't remember these big giant size trees. He said, you're about a mile above the lair. Yeah. In that big open field. I said, Phil said, they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, was, we was in a big hurry to get there before daylight to go hunting 25 feet of water. Yeah. 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 Like we had ducks. <laughs> Talk about stupid. Oh, man. I mean, dumb. Oh. 
I tell you right. Uh, no, but, back, you know, uh, you do you do what you do to that's it. do the things you love. I mean, but well, Phil, there, well, there was nothing wrong with us waiting until daylight. It wasn't well, going to affect how many ducks we killed. No. I, I've been in one other instant like that. It was in North Carolina when I was stationed over there. I'm driving, okay, and I got the family with me in the car. We're going somewhere. Coming home, I think. The fog is so bad, I got the center line, and, and I got the window rolled down, and I'm driving by the center line. <laughs> got your head out the window? Yeah, yeah, I got my head out the window, right? Because you, you can see a car when yeah. it's coming, yeah. So every once in a while, I look up there, and I say, well, here comes the car. Let me slow down and mm. get over in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> come up and say, are you lost, too? And I said, no, I ain't lost. I know which way I'm going. I said, I'm headed toward Louisiana. He said, well, I'm lost. And I said, no, you're headed the other way, you know. Yeah. Where are you going? He said, oh, I'm going, you know, to Mississippi. You know? I said, well, follow us. Get in line. <laughs> Get in line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we ended up with a convoy. Uh, okay, because you could not. That's the eeriest feeling because you have no idea where anything is. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, been there. Because the only thing I can say for sure is I'm in the middle of the highway. I know that because this is the white line right down the center. Well, you know, uh, navigating the backwater before daylight's hard enough, but you add fog yeah. to the mix. and you're lost. Mm. Yeah, ain't no you, sense. You might as well just, hey, wait till daylight. And okay. you're still going to get lost. You know, yeah. And probably you ain't going to make it because yeah. you can't see nothing. Yeah, that's exactly There are right. no landmarks. Okay? No. Mm. Well, let's take another break. We'll be back right after this. Me and Sour was fishing, and uh, we had done got on a nice school of fish, catching them pretty quick. And then all of a sudden, we, we quit catching them. And I looked up, and we were 20 yards from where we were catching them. Of course, Goblin was in charge of the trolling motor. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm fishing. I said, uh, what did you say, Sai? Hey. I said, hey, we was over there a while ago, and just every cast was Riddle them in. Yeah. Why did we get over here? Yeah. He didn't have no answer for it. <laughs> was, he kept we I kept asking him, and it was like when you ask him how many ducks you kill, he'll never give you a number. Four, seven, eight, nine. Got a couple he'll on never the bushes. Give you a I think number. we got seventeen. Uh, you know, I, I said, wait a minute, you need to count them. Well, he'd fool around back there. You'd hear him mumbling to himself. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how many you got? And he had never come up with, okay, we got 18. So anyway, Sai says, hey, he said, hey, navigator, put us back on the fish. Go back to where we was catching. So he takes us back over there. Well, guess what? We go to catch him again. Yeah. Well, Sai caught him a nice crappie, and uh, he went to, he leaned over, grabbed that. I was actually turned like this. Yeah, he turned, grabbed that Yeti lid. And yanked. And pulled up on it. And when he, just from opening the lid, I heard an audible Oh, it was more like, it, it, it was like a like a twenty two rifle. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Because somebody said, hey, who shot the gun? <laughs> you know, and I was back there in my chair like, uh, every week, and there was no gun. <laughs> oh, yeah. he was Broke doubled over. And look, and, and it, it broke his rib. I fought it like an idiot for yeah. three days. Oh, you fought it longer than three days. It was about... No, it was eight, three days. Eight weeks. No, it was three yeah. days because, hey, yeah. finally, my wife said, go to the doctor, idiot. That's all she'd say to me. 
That sounds like a recurring theme in your life. Well, no, no. But anyway, I, mean, I don't like doctors. But anyway, <laughs> then you end up going late. No, like that time he had a like that time he had a heart attack. But you know, yeah. it was just tamales. And well, no, no. Here's but the here's the deal: he was doubled doubled over in in pain, and I could tell it was some bad pain. Real pain ain't no joke. But the fish were biting. But I said, "Sai, we need to leave. You, you're in pretty rough shape." He said, "No, no, no." He had that old jig pole up like this, holding it, holding his side. He said, "They still biting." <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. He's so, tough, baby. Oh. But anyway, no, no. Hey, I, I didn't know they had a shot that they could pop me in the butt with. And, and cause every time I've heard a rib before, I went to the doctor and all they did was take an ace bandage out and wrap my chest and say, go home. <laughs> you know, so I, I just kept telling them, I said, baby, they can't do nothing for a cracked rib or a broke rib. All they're gonna do is put an ice band on. I got five or six of them in a stupid drawer. Yeah. Here, take me up, Frankenstein. <laughs> well, no, no. But anyway, you know, she kept saying every time I just, because every time I'd move, it was like somebody had a big knife and just, uh, you know. It might have been one of those intercostals. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Because hey, anyway, you know, finally she just said, "Hey, I'm, I'm tired of hearing you moan and groan. Get in the car, stupid." So I did. He went up there and hey, as soon as I walked in there, he's telling me, hey, he either broke his ribs or he's cracked them. You know, so they x-rayed him and they said, yeah, you broke two of them. <laughs> you know? And I said, well, what can y'all do for it? And they said, nothing. Uh, there you go. You know, except give you a shot for the pain. That's it. So then the nurse told me, drop your, drop your jaws there, young man. Pop! You know? Did you ask and her who No, to? no. And immediately the pain is gone. And I looked at my wife and I said, hey, don't ever let me be that stupid again. Uh, I am steroids I said, or something. Man. I have no idea that they had, you know, a shot they could give me. Because, look, I didn't have another pain ever yeah. again. Yeah. But did you have a heart attack and you thought it was tamales? No. It was, uh, I, I said it was, uh, you know, what's them things you pop? It's uh, not gummy bears, but the. Uh, Red Hots? No, you chew them. Pop Rocks? Hot tamales. No, I can't even. The cinnamon one. <laughs> what are we talking about? I can't even think of the name of it. You take it for heartburn. Yeah. Tums. Oh, Tums. Tums. Yeah. Tums. You know, I just, I told my wife, I said, oh, it's, I got a heartburn. Yeah, you got a heartburn. You know, because you'd eaten tamales and all that. Oh, no, before. no, yeah, I was eating hot peppers, you know, so yeah. I said, okay. You know, it's, he you thought know, he had. It was a heart attack? Yeah. Yeah. And you treated it with Tums? Yeah. For a little right. while, till that Mallard Drake clipped him. Well, no, no, till I wounded a Mallard Drake and couldn't catch up with him. Yeah, and then side si si was like morning, that old man on a stump. No, no. The next morning, I got up, got my waders on, everything, got in the truck, and started started down there. Turned around, come back, and I said, "Hey," when I woke my wife up, like it's four thirty a.m. in the morning. I said, uh, "You need to take me in the emergency room." Yeah, and she said, "Why?" I said, "This ain't this ain't heartburn." What'd you tell that old boy when he said you had a heart attack? No. No. He said. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he would tell me, see, I said, no, I didn't have a heart attack. I was just a little out of breath. Yeah. yeah. He nope. said, hey, you idiot. I'm looking at the x-ray. You had a heart attack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I can see the damage it done on your heart. Yeah, three hours later, he's having open heart surgery. Oh, yeah. And then they told me, okay. <clears throat> yeah. He went from telling the doctor, no, I didn't have a heart attack to open heart surgery in three hours. <laughs> That's side for you right there. Yeah. You are America's favorite uncle for a reason. <laughs> hey, I guarantee right. you. And what that doctor do every time? He would stitch your heart up. Well, no, no, no. Here's what was funny. I told this to Philip, okay? 
I just hadn't heard the tamale part of it. Well, no, no, but anyway, what tamales? It was uh, well, he's eating jalapeno peppers and all that. Straight up. Anyway, I was telling Philip, you know, I said, "Hey, look, uh, my older brother Harold, when I come out of the recovery room, you know, and they was telling me, he said, "Hey, guess what?" I said, "What?" You know, and this is my older brother Harold. He said, "Doc didn't put you on the blood machine because usually you're dead if if they they stop your heart heart out. It." You're 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 off you're offline. Mm-hmm. There ain't no heartbeat, okay? So the doc said, as soon as he, you know, he's talking about scaffold, cut twelve inches on my chest, okay? Rib better. And then they all, hey, that's about what it is. I'm serious. Uh, they just when he's, you know, wound the thing up and spread my rib, they all his whole team just went ah. Oh. Because my heart there, there's no fat, and my heart's in boom, boom. Nothing but gristle. Boom, boom, boom. So look, then all he says is, we're not going to put him on the blood machine, hand me the scaffold. You know, and that done took a, a vein out of my right leg. Okay, so hey, look, he just reached over there, slipped my heart. Okay, boom, boom, stitch. Boom, boom, stitch. Boom, boom, stitch. <laughs> okay, turn around on the other side, cut. You know, ba-boom, stitch, ba-boom, stitch, ba-boom, stitch. I told Philip that, and Philip's always just rolled his eyes like, you know, the biggest liar I've ever met in my life. Uh, he wouldn't say it. So look, we're over at John Gimmer's restaurant, and John has asked me, he just bought a restaurant, and he said, hey, would you do a commercial, you know, to help me plug my restaurant? I said, oh, sure. So we're sitting in there, and Gimmer's done cooked me a big, fine cheeseburger, you know, me and Philip. And about this time, here comes a guy in scrubs. Walks in, you know. And as soon as he walks by me, he says, Oh, I, how you been doing since your uh, open heart surgery? You know, and I look at him because I don't recognize the guy. I said, I said, I'm doing all right, you know. Everything was good, you know. He said, that was the most amazing thing. Watching Dr. White, when he put the rib spreader on your your heart and we all went <gasps> and then he said scaffold and he actually stitched that vein he took out of your leg to your heart on both sides in between heartbeats confirmed it and man Phillip, eyewitness no no yeah and philip is going <laughs> you know what happened that day i always thought you was lying when you said that but I, you know what happened that day that was the day you quit being able to blow a duck call. That's it. Well, I ain't got, I ain't got much lung, lung power anymore. Yeah, when they cracked that chest open, oh, yeah. that was all of it. Hey, I lost. That was his kryptonite. That's right, hey, 50%. Uh, but it was my own fault. That's where he went from a mallard hen to a shoveler hen. <laughs> and a lonesome one at that. Hey, and, <laughs> and, and I can still put him in the decoy. Uh, oh, I love it. All right, well, let's take our last break. We'll be I back right after. We're back. And we're back. For our favorite segment, arguably of the we week. We should get in that mailbox. Hello at duckcallroom.com. Send me an email. Send them on in. Johnny D, what's in there today? Oh, we got some different things. All right. Let's go. Let's let's get a little churchy today. You want to? Sure. Oh, wow. Email's in. Not Stone's father-in-law. Different one, Alan. Oh, it ain't our Al? It's not our Al. Oh. Vestless Al, if you will. Okay. Vestless Al. Okay. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I can't make jokes about my own father. Well, we uh, we we got him plenty on the last he's episode. Favorite, he's my favorite nephew, so I did. Uh, All right, so Alan emails in and says he's a new parent. Well, not a new parent. He has a four-year-old boy. Uh, he he loves his family, great wife, uh, but he would like to better provide a better future for him. Uh, and he's not just talking about purely financial. Uh, he's been a believer. Uh, but he doesn't really go to church. Uh, and so he's trying to figure out how to get plugged in to a church and how to figure out from going from, you know, not really involved in that lifestyle that I would say we're all involved in and finding how do, how do you go? How do you do that jump? Well, hey, here's what I got for you. First, the term go to church. There's no such thing, okay? You go to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You can't go to church because the church is. Okay, because the church is the individuals. It's old school. When they come together. Yeah, but he's looking for those individuals. Well, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Hey, you need to, uh, of your choosing, sir, you know, find you some people that you want to worship with. Yeah. Don't worry about the sign on the building. Go to several of them. You'll know when you walk in if it's for you. Trust me on that. Here's the way I am, okay, and, and, you know, we should forget the name on the building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't even look at it. Okay, don't even look at it because, hey, if you believe that God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to do what he did for us, okay, and then Jesus, when he left, he said, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to send you the comforter. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So with them three, that's all you got to worry about. If they if they profess them three and are following them three, then, hey, they're brothers and sisters of mine. Okay? That's why, you know, the name on the building is ir- irrelevant. That's right. Uh, and I would also add, if when you walk into the building, if you see at least three people in camouflage, it's probably a pretty good church. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good sign. That's a. That's a that's decent right. sign there. So be looking for the camouflage. Look for the and preferably real tree. That's funny. We gotta go. You gotta go with the best, boys. Uh, uh, my only advice would be that 2020 has provided you something, uh, Alan. Every church is online now. Yep. Uh, so you yep. can go watch. You can sample from home. You yep. tonight. Yeah. As soon as we're done here, you can click every church you're within 30 minutes of, and I promise you, you can see. You what can live doing stream on a service. Sunday morning. Yeah. And oh, yeah. find the one you like the best. And and then my, here's my challenge to you, though, Alan. Do not sit on the back row and then leave immediately. I want you to go in, get about halfway up, and if you're uncomfortable sitting there, go three more rows closer and sit there. <laughs> because if you're just trying to hide, you might not get involved like you say you want to get involved. Yeah. If you go diving in and you're sitting on – somebody's going to go, never seen that guy. I'm going to go introduce myself. And you might be surprised at the outcome. So sit uncomfortably close. That back row probably going to be full anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But all is. the regulars. All the regulars. <laughs> it usually so is. Uncom- but I'll scoot over for you. 
Martin said, hey, he'll make room for you, baby. Martin's on the back row. Hey, look, I'll say this. You know, you're one of the reasons I sit in the back of almost every room, because I'm almost 6'5", 270 pounds. I try not to block other people's view. I try to be mindful of other people. If I go sit down on the front row with a head this big, and especially in church building, odds are I ain't going to have my hat on. If one of them lights hits the top of this head just right, you're going to be blind back there behind me, or the preacher. <laughs> Or whoever on stage is going to get distracted, and then the whole thing's over. So I, I do my part, and You're I stay back give there. you a bad experience, which is what he's trying to say. The other thing I like there. being at the back, I get to see everybody walk in, so I get to say hello. Hey, man, what's up? You know? Point. So you get to be a quasi-greeter. Uh, my wife is a front-row person. Oh, yeah, she all up on that front row. I'm bag. more like of a fourth or fifth-row kind of guy, but my wife's like, front-row, and I'm like, Okay. So I'll sit anywhere from the front to the back, but he's going to be on the end so he can get out in that aisle whenever the singing gets started. Yeah, and you're going to hear him no matter yeah. where he's sitting, baby. <laughs> he's going to bring the heat. Yeah, hey, well, one thing about it, God doesn't say I have to sing in tune. He just says make a loud, joyful noise. And Jack, Bible verse. I can make some loud noise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. So I get a little confused on joyful from time to time, but he got loud. You know loud's not in that <laughs> verse, right? What? It is to him. Yes, it is. <laughs> no. I'm just on, it's in there I, somewhere. Find it. Don't read that whole chapter. It, it definitely on what, says, what a loud, joyful noise. Uh, well, oh, I man. like it. I uh, hey, I'm loud. Hey, in these days too. I'm like James Brown. I'm throw him another one. Odds are there's some sort of ministry dealing with a hobby that you already have. I know, like around here, there's fishing ones, there's hunting ones, there's target That's shooting, That's there's right. carpenters, there's yeah, they you got- name it, there's something that <clears throat> people are using as a ministry to get people involved and things like that of something that you're already doing or enjoy. And a lot of times can include your kids in. You said you had young kids. So, you know, be looking for stuff like that. That'll be on their Facebook pages, websites, whatever. So I love plenty it. of options. Plenty of options. All right, next. Another church question. Multi-baptism, question mark. Adam uh, emails in. And he says, if you were baptized as an adult, then fell off and did some things that were not good. We're not going to mention what he says there. Do you need to be rebaptized, or is turning your life around and truly for the first time going all in with Christ, uh, is that the way to go? And he said, much like Phil. Phil was baptized on that when he did that, too. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I was baptized twice. But I, I, I know I wasn't. I was baptized once. I got wet another time. Well, I was, I'm so, like you. You know, yeah. but. I mean, I, to me, that's all between you and Jesus. It's all about your relationship. That symbolized, to me, the second one, the real one, the one that took, was the one that symbolized my commitment to live for him. And, you know, do we all stumble? Of course we do. You know, I mean, that's not, we're human. That's going to happen. That's what he's there for. So I don't, you know, if your first one was a true commitment to Jesus, just because you stumbled somewhere along the way, that's fine. My first one was because everybody else was doing it. I had no... The only thing I knew was everybody was doing it, and, you know, I was young, and I kind of wanted to go swimming in the pool. Didn't realize it was a baptistry, you know, like, didn't didn't know that, you know, I was just too young to know anything. And Peer pressure. Yeah, so that's why, that's, why I, that's why I did what I did. So if your first one had that symbolism of your relationship with Christ, I don't, you know, it's up to you. Ultimately, it's between you and Jesus, but uh, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but, you know. Yeah, in First Peter it says uh, the water symbolizes baptism, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling guilty about what you've done, 
go run that sucker back and get baptized and you're going to come up out of that water and it will you will have a clearer conscience knowing I'm doing things I'm publicly saying hey it's not normal by the way to have another person take you and dip you underwater then lift you up which is the reason we do it is because it's like waving our hands in there saying hey this is me now yeah this is what I'm going to do now this is me pledging my life to Jesus and I got a clear conscience now because I'm letting everybody know. Because when people see you do that, they go, huh? That aren't believers. Yeah. So that's all I got. Si? Well, it was like, you know, you know, like Martin said, okay, it didn't take. That's the way I was. Okay. I did it because of peer pressure. Everybody was doing it. Okay. But it's just, you know, if, if, if you don't, if your lifestyle don't change, I, I love what my brother said when his friend came looking for him and said, hey, come on, let's go get drunk. And he said, you don't understand. The guy you're looking for has died. I buried him. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's what, that's what baptism is all about. You're burying the old man of sin or sin or the woman of sin. Okay? And the the new guy is coming. Mm-hmm. Okay? God calls you a new creation. Okay? And then the best part of that is, okay, then God gives you a part of himself. Because once you reenact Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And that has to do with he's marking you for the resurrection. He's giving you the comforter, okay, that lives inside you and helps you with your daily struggle of all this stuff that you're talking about, okay, you you fall short. <clears throat> the Spirit helps you with that. Because <clears throat> you don't know what to say to the Almighty when, except me, like I always say, hey, yeah, it's me again. Being stupid, as usual. I did it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the kid's back. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> My bad. You know, my bad again. Yeah. That's that's just one of the things like JD was talking about, okay? We all stumble. We're all going to fall short. Okay. If the only way you can feel better about yourself is to be rebaptized, then by all means, my man, okay? Run it back. Run it back. Because Jesus is not going to say nothing to you about it. Okay. He's he's going to, you know, throw his arms around you and tell you, hey, I love you anyway, my man. Yeah. That's the great part about all this. No matter how stupid I can get, his love is better than that. Okay? He always says, okay, hey, look, yeah, I know you're weak, okay, but I still love you. Get up, knock the dirt off yourself, and let's go. Let's go. Let's get going again, guys. God, That's what it's all about. That was good. I got like six Bible verses I want to read from, from that one now. <laughs> well, what are you going to leave? In the, I, well, I had make a joyful noise all to the world. And the NIV does say shout. So I got your back on that. And then that's Psalms 101. And then Psalms 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail. Uh-oh, I lost it. But God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. Let's take that word may out and put will. 
because <laughs> we are gonna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna fail. Just yeah. pick yourself back up. Realize that's what grace and mercy that's, is all about. That's what the deal about. Hey, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. But then yeah. the way I ended it, I do want to end it with this verse instead. Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Hmm. You may fall short, and you're going to, but that's where the true power of God shows up, and his grace will cover whatever you do. You just got to lean on him. Boom! Love it. All right, we'll see y'all next time right here. They don't get any better, boys.